Okay, so I'm here with Julianne Ebner, who's um, produced another beautiful animated film called Durchgangs Lager. I think I've pronounced that correctly, or Transit Line, um, which is a 29-minute, as I say, um, animated film, hand-drawn animated film, I should say. Um, so thank you for joining us, Julianne, um, and congratulations and welcome to Fusion once again. Um, but if you could give us a brief synopsis of your film, that would be wonderful. Oh, thank you. Um, yes, I did uh, the film Durchgangslage, Transit Line, uh, one year before it got ready. And it's a story about a trip through the Balkan. And it's going around the question how it could be happen to build your family life and uh, to enjoy your young adult life. And next to us is going on a genocide. It's just the next after the Shoah. And yes, maybe that's the very short line of the movie, of this film. Mm. What's, what was it? I watched it again earlier. I've seen it before, but I watched it again to refresh my memory. It's quite um, not harrowing, but there's some stuff that you talk about that's difficult to talk about, you know? Yeah. But to do a conflict. But what was, it reminded me very much of your previous film, the Landstrich film. And there was, yeah. but there were similarities because of the, the, the conflict and war and obviously the genocide. So um, can you explain, I mean, this isn't a sequel to that film. I know that, but yet yeah, the, the, the themes are similar. So why did you make another film that was, that um, concentrated on war and conflict. Why did you want to highlight that again? Why did you want to talk about that? Sorry. Yeah. So I think, uh, so I'm happy that you see you got the idea. It's kind of similar uh, to the Landstrich. Uh, yeah. So um, stretch of land film, because I feel same. It's true. So I made this film uh, stretch of land. And this film was telling a story about my wonderful uh, homeland, Germany. Mm -hmm. One of the points is if you're coming from Germany, you have to realize that your grandparents um, spent their happy life and next to them was happened Holocaust. Yeah. And Maybe that's a job if you are German uh, to handle the question, how could that be happen? And after I did this movie, Stretch of Land, I realized, of course, the next movie has to handle the question, how I could do kind little bit of same, because in the early and middle of 90s, there was going on, not far away from Germany, uh, next... Uh, well, in, the Balkans. Next, in the Balkans, isn't it? In the, in the Balkans, in yes. The Balkans, yeah. Yes, and the whole world was looking at it and nobody had these guys. And yes, so by the way, I was able, it looks like I was able to live with that. Mm. And I think uh, I don't want to wait that my... Uh, grandchilds will ask me how you could and I really I realized it's my own job uh, to do this trip to this question 
and to this time and to understand what's going on and, and what was happening. No, no, I understand. Thank you. And are you, you're the narrator in this, I think. Are you the one telling the story in the film? Yes. Okay. So and, I did the story. Sto- what I was going to say was the story that you narrate as you tell the as you run the film and you tell the story as well. Did you write that? Did, are you the one that wrote that story? Or did someone else write that story? How did that happen? So I I was the one who wrote the text. Right, okay. I I wrote the story and I spoke the story and I made the drawings. Yeah, yeah, of course. I know you. Yeah, I know you made the drawings. (laughs) Yes. With with the with the animation, um, because I know a thirty minute film, an animated thirty minute film would have taken Mm -hmm. a long time. I'm sure. Yes. And how many drawings did you create? So I think it's uh, close to 400, right, 400 okay. uh, uh, ink uh, drawings. Yes. Right, can you can you explain, if possible, the process from start to finish of making an animated film with everything included—the narration, the animation, the sound, the music. The music's wonderful, by the way. But how long did the whole pro- no, it's really good. The whole process take from start to finish? Yeah, I love to try to explain so first step of course was to find the issue and to understand it it has to go around these questions about we lived our life our peaceful life and at the same time was really the hell going on for people next to us and after I got the I realized that I have to make this movie I got the idea to make a trip to to the Balkan, yeah. and and I I travelled about some months through the the Balkan, and yeah. I met a lot of really wonderful people. They had a lot of talks and experience. Then I came back to my place and wrote the text, and in the same moment I started to make really hundreds of. Uh, ink drawings with the remembers of this trip. (laughs) And in the same moment, I remembered the songs I heard at the island and I spoke to the lady who made the music. And uh, so we started to um, find a way for this whole composition. And after the text was ready, I started to make the animations and it's really stop motion. Yeah. And so I got a feeling for how many pictures I do need for a second. I spoke my text. I realized this little capture is going around 20 seconds and I made my picture lines. After that, I was sitting for some weeks in the cut and the film was ready. <laughs> so how long, how long did that all take? It took, without the trip, I was working a little bit more than a year. Wow, that doesn't surprise me. And when you talk about the music, um, well, there's two things on it, because Alma, Alma Schnorr, I think, is a composer. And also what's really interesting here is, if you could explain this to me, sound design from Manfreds, because I'd love yeah. to know... Why you chose a sound, why you had a sound, it's a bit of a stupid question. 
Why was it necessary to bring in a sound designer? What what did he, I know what he did, but what did he need to bring to the film? You know, what was necessary to have a sound designer? Yeah, so because I'm not able to do it. <laughs> That's why I needed a sound designer. And I thought um, I was interested in using another material line right. yeah, yeah. to tell my story. I, I thought I want to paint an atmosphere and nothing is better for that than a, than a sound. <laughs> yeah. No, and I was... I understand. I suppose. Sorry, I, I should have framed this question a bit differently. Apologies. Yes, I'm sorry. No, I no, 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 no. It's not you. No, it's not you. It's, honestly, it's me not framing the question. What I, I should have asked really was, you could have done this film without other sounds in it. I guess. And what I'm trying to say is, yeah. did you? You know, why did you think it was necessary? Because you you didn't need to do it, but it makes it it makes it better. Of course, it makes it better. But I guess you had to ask yourself if that was necessary. That might be a better question. You know, does that kind of make sense? You know, why you could have done it without having this gentleman do the sound design, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. That makes, hopefully makes sense. Yeah. So I thought, I thought the singing um, was going together very much with the idea of dream and right. of, of remembering. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and this be connected uh, to earlier times, maybe to childhood right. experience. And I think there are some early uh, rememberings which are going together. Um, not so important at which point you are. And maybe that was what I um, tried to catch with this move to use the sounds. Mm. No, the sound design is excellent, and I totally understand why he did it, because it adds another dimension to the film. There's no doubt about that. Um, and it was 100% it was the right decision, because I think if you hadn't used a sound designer, the film wouldn't have been as good. The film would have been excellent, but it would have it was missing something. So I'm intrigued to know, why don't you do a comedy? Um, uh, I did not got the question. No, no. What is? <laughs> have you ever have you ever thought about doing a comedy animated film? Have you done a comedy? Before? Ah, yes, yes. That would be brilliant. yes, and, and I think um, I tried I tried some uh, to do some little comedies. Yes, right. and I always think it's not able to do only this heavy stuff after doing heavy stuff i always uh, suffering to do short little lighter stuff yeah yes so but you tried. in the yes i did i did right okay i i made a little movie or i made a lot of little movies about um a life of a artist woman in a big city um trying to feed their kids with art stuff. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good point to find a lot of funny little experience. <laughs> so, so, so thank you. So, Julian, I, I read that you graduated as a church musician, right? Is that true? Your graduation was... <laughs> is that true, that you, were, you graduated as a church musician? Is that true? Um, so I studied church music. That's true. Yes. So, so 
Could you have written the music for this, for your for any of your films? I think I maybe I could. Yes. Okay. And <laughs> yes. how did you, how did you go from studying to be a ch in church music to an animator? How did that happen? Yes. So it's a easy story. So I grew up in a dictatorship uh, and called GDR. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and one of the special things in this little dictatorship was, uh, it was not your own, um, decision, uh, what you want to get. So it was not oh, able oh, for everybody to, to make their own decision about your future. And I was in the situation that when I was 15 or 14 years old, I got problems with the, um, in the end, with the government, <laughs> with the security of the government, uh, Stasi, we call it Stasi. Yeah, 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 Stasi. And, um, my possibility to, to went to school sh stopped. And, uh, I realized that the only way to make a profession, which is not I don't know with, which is not working for a train <laughs> is uh, to work at church. So, and then I, I realized I can make the decision if I want to have a study of church music or a study of theology. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So, and then it was for me very easy to make the decision. And so I, It was the situation that my only way to work with art was uh, to work with Bach. <laughs> and yeah. I think uh, it's not the, the worst thing to, mm -hmm. to do a lot of um, work at, as organ and uh, working with, with the old church music. And when the revolution from 89 was happening, I, I just started my only study I could it was church music and I realized it will take a lot of time to to um, make sure that the West German people will understand our situation so I and understand that I would love to go to university and make a different study without any uh, school uh, experience so I realized it's the most easy thing to finish my study As church musician, I did that, and after that, I went to art school. Okay, <laughs> so does that mean? So does that mean that you can go and play Cello Suite Number no. One or the Brandenburg Concertos right now? Are you going to go and play some music for me? Um. So it would nice if I uh, would get, I think, one or two days to prepare myself. <laughs> So, Because I am not so often uh, going to church and playing organ. But, but I think but you could, if you could do a little bit time, I would be able to make a little bit loud music, yes. Okay. <laughs> so this is really interesting. So actually, you may have told me this before, you're actually from East Germany originally, obviously. Yes. From GDR. So that the question now is how much of your experience when you lived in East Germany is reflected in your films? Yes, I think there, there are some. That's really a point. Because 
it's a fact that um, it's only luck to, to have a pri privileges. Yes. It is so, yes. Yeah, it is and um, it's really only luck. And before the wall was coming down, uh, the East Germans were very close to the people from Yugoslavia, uh, from the Balkan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even the guys from the Balkan were much more West and much more open to the world. And um, after the wall was coming down, uh, the East Germans had a lot of luck and they had the same chances like the West Germans and the people from the Balkan had to pay for this big luck with a lot of really worse situations. Yeah. And I think that's a fact it's hard to realize. And yeah, I'm really touched about Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to handle, and I know nobody earns really his situation, and nobody can uh, can say that it isn't a fact that nothing is done by yourself if you have a good start situation or a difficult start situation. I think you know that very much if you're right. coming from the East. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's A lot of it is luck where you happen to be born, which is sad, yeah. you know, because that is a fact of life. It's just, if you're, born, if you're born in the wrong place, it's bad news. And if you're born in the right place, good news, you know. Yes, that it is. And it, I mean, I, I tend to born in your place, yes. It is, it is. I mean, I despite the problems we have in the UK with Brexit and COVID and everything, I personally feel that if you live, if you're born generally in Europe, not everywhere, but generally in Europe, you've got a fairly good chance of having a fairly good life because we happen to live in a fairly good part of the world. You know? Yes. And I think we are. You, you're, you're lucky. I'm lucky. Our citizens are lucky because you only have to look at what's going on in certain parts of the world, like in China, Africa, Middle East. It's bad, bad news, so we are lucky. But anyway, Julian, that's it. Thank you very much. 20 minutes. <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Thank you for having me.